been on social media for the last 10 years. When you're in a bad mood, you produce shitty content yeah. because you're angry with the world. Yeah. So you end up putting that out into your content. So you're not putting good out into the world. And sometimes the worst thing about putting shit out into the world is that there's a lot of shitty people who love it. Yeah. So you get an echo chamber of putting out content that doesn't help people. Mm. And I've seen so many people now that get addicted to calling out people, yeah. putting out shit content, yeah. blaming other people, arguing with other people. And other people who are not in a good place love it because it makes them feel good yeah. for a very small period of time. So they do more of it. Yeah, okay. And they wonder why their mental health is affected. Yeah. Like, why do I hate social media? Because like, you're, you're toxic. Yeah. You're putting shit out into it. You will, not, you will never hate social media if you just put good shit out. Welcome to The Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the revolutionary Event Crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. Jamie Alderson left the army and made an immediate impact in the bodybuilding world. In only his second competition, he walked away with a winning title. And just two years later, he was a WBFF European champion. He has since become one of the UK's top body transformation coaches, has gone viral on social media and takes part in some really extreme and weird challenges. He's also an author, podcaster and a TikTok star with over a million followers. He has a fascinating story and a really powerful mindset. This is the eventful life of Mr. Jay Alderton. Jay, welcome to the show, mate. Dodge, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, same here. Um, very much looking forward to this one. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you get into the world of business? Cool. Yeah, so I grew up in, in Bognor Regis in West Sussex. I still live in Bognor Regis now. Um, and I was a little shit at school. You know, really struggled to pay attention. I think, you know, looking back, it was, I was bored. Um, made it through um, school, scraped through college because I discovered that Weatherspoons had this thing called Sorry Ronnie, and it's based. <laughs> Sorry Ronnie. Sorry Ronnie. Go on. So it's burger chips and a pint yeah. for less than the price of an extra value meal, which for a student was great. Yeah. Because go McDonald's or get a pint and burger yeah. and chips. So I'd spend most of my lunch times there, and I was doing computers. So I'd go back and just play Bomberman yeah. with the lads. So <laughs> I managed to get one of the two years there, uh, and had no direction. Decided to join the army. That's where I kind of learned about discipline and uh, you know, having someone shout at me and actually doing what they tell me to do, um, which I needed at 17. And I uh, spent just under seven years there, did an operational tour of Iraq, left, kind of lost my identity a little bit because I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. I managed to get a job working in Baghdad, Iraq for a year. Um, I was doing... So you left the army yeah. to then get a job back in Baghdad? As a civilian, though, it's a bit, it's a bit different. Right. I mean, I think one of the things is is that... Surely, could you not have picked a, like, a cooler place to go back than a year well, out? Well, here's, here's the random story. <laughs> yeah. So I was meeting with an old lieutenant colonel yeah. in, in my village that my wife's mum knew he didn't she didn't know anything about him she just knew he was ex-army yeah and we had we had breakfast and you know he spoke to me and said you know how did you find uh, the army i said yeah i enjoyed it but it was my time to move on i always looked at it as a stepping stone to something else and he goes oh you know what did you do in the army did you do any operational tours and i went yeah i went to iraq and he goes and it just le lent in and goes so what did you think of iraq and i said i fucking loved it you know mm. <laughs> six months when thing is about being a soldier 
I spent four years pretending to be a soldier. Yeah. And then when you get the chance to actually become a real soldier on operational tour, you're like, you get really excited. Yeah. So I said, I really enjoyed it. And he goes, I think I might have a job for you. And I ended up going up to London with all these different interviews, um, going through these different stages. I had a high security clearance. And then they just said, here's a ticket to Dubai. <laughs> here's $10,000. Just make sure you take that through. And um, So they gave you 10 grand to take through? Yeah, 10 grand. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the maximum you can take through customs. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So are I mean, they wrapped up in fifties, hundreds? Did you yeah, feel hundreds, did you feel hundreds. uncomfortable? Were you okay? No, I was. All, I, yeah. I was excited yeah. because I was going on this adventure, yeah. and I went from I remember going from uh, Gatwick to Dubai, then going to the at the time this was two thousand eleven. So Dubai's got a nice terminal, yeah. and it's got a bit of a dodgy terminal. Yeah. Um, so went to the dodgy terminal, uh, went from Dubai to Kuwait, mm. and then got a military flight from Kuwait to Baghdad. I was like, oh, I'm back in Iraq. Mm. So what I ended up finding out when I got there, because I didn't actually know what the job was about, I just knew it was in Iraq. Basically, I was um, security administrator for a psychological operation cell with the US military. Mm. So very, very interesting job. In, in layman's terms, explain what that means. So a lot of what they do is they produce documentaries, videos, everything to kind of sway decisions okay. you know very much like our media does yeah. which is why since i did that job i don't read any yeah. newspapers or watch Online. any tv Same. because there's always a narrative to it yeah. there's always people think it's just thrown out of thin air no it's a strategic plan yeah. of action for yeah. everything of it and of course being at the forefront of it in the middle east mm. it's like you get to see this they have mm. focus groups going okay we've produced these this is the decision this is the things that's happening because of that we're going to double down on that and it's kind of like what i do on social media now just a bit more ethically and you know, mm. positive. If I see that I'm getting traction with something, you that is, in on that. Yeah, yeah, which is actually you know benefiting a lot of people. I'm double my efforts down yeah. on that. Where did that ten grand go? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, so 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 basically, that was the, that was the way that they pay for a lot of stuff um, in there because they all worked in cash. And they move they move quite quick. So yeah. a lot, just a lot of like the American PXs and everything yeah. else like that. They you know you can't pay by credit card. You pay by cash. Yeah. So we had like. Um, was, the, so was it a rucksack, 10 grand of rucksack cash? Was it a suitcase or was it just- 10 grand and $100 bills. It's not a lot, is it? No. You can actually put it in your pocket. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so working there for a year, we had to leave because in 2011, the US pulled out and they're yeah. the ones that are looking after all the green zones. So yeah. it's kind of like, if you, if you don't leave, then yeah. best of luck. Yeah. So we all left there, moved across the project in Kenya and Kenya and Somalia. So I was working as a security advisor there. Yeah. Um, working with the UN. So they were responsible for the African mission in Somalia, pushing all the Al-Shabaab terrorists out of Somalia. So I was worked wow. on that project yeah. for six months. I did eight weeks out, kind of two weeks back. So I spent yeah. six weeks in Nairobi, two weeks in Mogadishu, Somalia. Mm. Um, what was Somalia like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I think of one positive thing yeah. from, from there was I've never seen such an incredible sky that's all i can remember it's just <laughs> there's hardly any natural light there okay. other than your camp yeah. and when that switched out yeah just i've never seen such yeah, an okay. you know when you i don't know if you've ever been to a place where you look up and like if you just stare for a minute you'll yeah. see at least two shooting stars yeah. it was that clear oh, wow. it was just like you, you know wow. that that's what i can remember was this, did you find somalia corrupt very somalia and well, all, all kenya yeah. yeah yeah like literally a lot of the lads being ex-squaddy lads yeah. used to drink and drive. I didn't, by yeah. the way. Um, but if they get pulled over, they just chuck um, them 30, 40 quid. And, yeah, and it's just kind of a bit like 
worrying really that you're in this place where literally you can buy your way out of trouble yeah. and you're a bit like and and for me as well you know a lot of my friends i was i was the only like white person there yeah. and obviously didn't yeah. think anything of it and i yeah. went to a nightclub like yeah you know yeah. And, and why is everybody staring at me yeah. and i was like <laughs> but you know yeah. and i was just like jesus christ yeah um but yeah i mean i i loved it out there mm. you know just just the the lifestyle um was incredible i mean because as i said like they call us like rich white people mazungas they mm. called us and mazungas mazungas right. yeah i remember that as part of it i had a driver and i was just like i walk yeah. you know it's only like yeah it's only like a kilometer yeah. down the road People are just looking at us like, what, what, what are you walking are you for? Mad? Yeah. But doing that for like two or three months, you get to know people. Yeah. You get to see, mm. you know, this. There was a, I remember this amazing guy who was making furniture. Mm. He'd, he'd spend days and days making these sofas and everything out of, you know, raw materials. Mm. It was just incredible mm. to to meet these people, which you you wouldn't experience just being in a car, yeah. driving off. Um, and of course, there is an element of danger and. I think that's what matured me a lot. Be, yeah. Joining the army at 17, going around doing all of these things mm. and seeing the world and a lot of it doing it by myself. I was you know, married to my wife and she, you know, she's used to me being away for periods of time. But I very much like my own company as well. And I used to like these adventures, but yeah. it also matured me. And I think it enabled me to see the, the world in a very different light. Yeah. You know, getting real perspective on, you know, I think with a lot of people in... How lucky we are. Yeah. yeah it's this great. hedonic adaptation that yeah. a lot of people, you know, they just, oh, I haven't got any phone reception. I was like, well, most people haven't got a phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just like, get get yeah. real sometimes. Yeah. And until you've been in those situations, go, oh, shit. Yeah. That you don't actually realize just how grateful Absolutely. You know, we well, are. It's taking, things, it's taking things back to basics, isn't it? No yeah. phone reception. Well, enjoy no phone reception rather than panicking and pissing and moaning. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was said I'd leave the army. I always looked at the army as a stepping stone onto mm. something else. I didn't look at it as a career. And I always said to Anna, because we had a marriage quarters there, you know, she was part of the army. Um, and I was like, Do you know, I'll leave when I stop enjoying it. Yeah, okay. And I had a bit of a bell end of a staff sergeant. Yeah. And it was just this kind of thing where I just realized that with the army, especially in my position, I was a lance corporal, you don't get really treated like an adult yeah. until you're a sergeant. So I didn't want to wait another like eight to 10 years yeah. to be treated like an adult when I'm in a marriage quarters with my wife, yeah. thinking about what I'm going to do for the next five years, settling down, having kids, you know, living my real life. Yeah. Um, I just got to a stage where I was just like, oh, I'm sick of this. Give me an like, example of something that they would just piss you off with. Just... Uh, so the way he spoke to you or just the way just, he acted? Or? I, I think one of, one, of, one of the problems you have with the army with, some, with certain individuals is that... And, and this is my theory is that a lot of people in the army, um, they get they get picked on when they're younger. Yeah. And when they write, if they stay in long enough, they get rank yeah. and rank gives power. And it's this kind of bully mentality where that becomes a norm. When you're young, you get picked on and shit rolls. They used to say, yeah. um, when I was in basic training, they used to say shit rolls downhill and you're at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. So it was kind of not taken, it's completely opposite to what I'm, like think and feel yeah. now is like as a leader as a person in a position where you're looking after people you have their backs mm. you take responsibility mm. for things and you you look at the welfare of others and mm. i've had people who are like that mm. but i've also had people who are not yeah and it can really be toxic like very much like a work any kind of working environment be it military or not yeah it only takes one bad apple yeah just to affect the whole Agreed. group. And you've got to get that bad apple at ASAP. doesn't matter how good they are. 
at work or business or how good they are yeah. behind the scenes. But if they're a bad apple, you've got to get them out. Yeah, and I, I remember I got to a stage where one, I think one of the hardest things with the army is that you have to give a year's notice. Is that right? Yeah, so yeah. what happens if you don't? Well, one of the things that usually happens, you have to give a year's notice yeah. and then you've got to serve your year. Most people get to a year and then decide to sign back on. Okay. But once I've made a decision, I made a decision. I remember it took him it took him three weeks to get it through and mm. I ended up going past him to get it through mm. because I was just like, here's my papers. And then I went to him a week later, said, have you submitted my papers, yeah. staff? And he goes, uh, tomorrow. You know, it's yeah, kind of thing of fuck off, yeah, like, yeah, basically. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I just bypassed him yeah. into, into the... Um, admin and just yeah. did my papers and i just remember he said to me there's no jobs out there for people like you mm. and one of the one of the biggest energies that i've had in my whole life has been kind of driven by spite of yeah. like yeah you're kind of new here yes yeah. stick around you'll learn something yeah. and i remember having this envision of leaving the army of driving out the gate becoming successful driving back with a big sports car yeah driving up to him and going fuck you. yeah um i never had to do that because yeah. actually i was getting quite successful when i left the army yeah getting a lot of like front covers of fitness mags and that. Yeah. And the funny story is I actually had him message my Facebook page. He messaged your Facebook he page? Messaged he messaged my Facebook page. When you'd left? Yeah, this was about okay. three years later. Okay, quality. To say, oh, well done, Jay, you're doing well. And one of the things that I realized was he forgot, he didn't even think about the conversation that we had yeah. at all. Yeah. Didn't th think that he had anything to do with it. Yeah. And it was actually that kind of closure of going, do you know what, you know, like, the, the, that vision in my head of going to do that would have probably never happened, yeah. but it was enough energy for me to, you know, to say to myself, if I'm leaving, I need to make something of myself. Yeah, and that's what really drove me. Okay, that's good. So, what was your next? What was your next step after there? Then you obviously come back. You did your Baghdad. You did your uh, Somalia and Kenya, yeah, yeah. etc. What was your next step then? Because you just mentioned there yeah. that you were on the front cover of men's fitness magazines. Yeah, and I've yeah. seen some of the photos and. Fair play, mate. Some physique. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it keeps me out of the pub. That's what yeah. I was <laughs> I don't think you've had a pint in your life with some of those photos. <laughs> it's just got to get away with it. So, uh, no, I, I think so did you, were you always naturally in good nick yeah, growing up? Did I, you grow up and go, you know what? I'm lucky I've got a six pack. You know what? I've got a good arms. I've got good legs. I've got a good all round. Okay, let's take this to the next level. Yeah, 100%. So I had, yeah, I, I want to say I had ADHD, but I had, I couldn't sit still as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little shit. Yeah. And um, what they decided to do with some of the naughty kids at the age of 13 is open up the gym at lunchtime because yeah. one of the um, PE guys used to train. Yeah. So you go, well, whoever want, I train at lunchtime, any of the lads want to come and train. So that's what I do. I, I'll go in there every single lunchtime from the age of 13 to 16 yeah. when I was at school and, and, and lift weights yeah. and train. So yeah. best thing that ever happened to me is that I started at the age of 13. So when I started competing at 25, mm. I had 12 years yeah. of resistance training under, under, under my belt. Not mm. knowing, I didn't know what I mm. what I was doing. You know, I was just lifting weights yeah. and enjoying it. But I had a solid baseline that if I then added, you know, more knowledge on training and yeah. actually understood nutrition, yeah. that would go, go quite far. Yeah. And that's what I say to people is like, they say, oh, you know, what's the secret? I'm like, firstly, secret is start training in something that you enjoy doing from the age of 13, yeah. have good genetics mm. and you'll go far when it comes to mm. competing. So I, you know, and this is what I say, when it comes to like natural bodybuilding and getting in shape in that, it's genetics. Yeah. Genetics and hard work, yeah. of course. And discipline. But, but you can't, yeah. you know, like people say, like, oh Jay, how did you grow your calves? I'm like, I've never done a calf. I've never done a calf. Yeah. You're naturally born with them, yeah. Yeah, and I was just, I've never done a calf raise in my life. Whereas there's other people who've got, the same size or slightly smaller calves I mean they said I have to train them three times a week yeah 
And I'm just like, yeah. it's, you know, it's just unfortunate. What made you decide that you want to get on stage and compete? And what did you compete in? So I competed in natural bodybuilding. And, and what had happened, I left the army December 2009. Mm. And I'm used to having someone to tell me what to do. Yeah. Now, most soldiers, when they leave... Well, first thing they do is grow a beard because they haven't been able to do it for ages. And I couldn't grow a beard because yeah. I look like Gary from Team America, which yeah. is patchy and all over the place. And um, the, the next thing they do is because they haven't got someone shouting at them, they end up getting into you know, drugs, booze, yeah, drugs, else, booze yeah. and you know, no one tells Depression. them what to do anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to carry on the gym. Mm. And I actually remember this because um, one of the things with me getting in shape, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, he's not natural. It's not steroids. And I was like, I've never touched a steroid in my life. Yeah. You know, genetics, 13 years old, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember leaving the army. I was like, I can get on the gear now. <laughs> so yeah. I remember actually going into the gym and speaking to one of the owners of the gym. I said, I don't want to walk through uh, doors anymore. I want to yeah. smash through yeah. walls. Let's go. Yeah. And he gets, just gets, says to me, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, well, before you get into that stuff, so you've got a good physique. Mm. There's a natural bodybuilding show in 13 weeks time in Bogner, where I live. And he said, do that, see how you get on. If you want to do it after that, we'll have a chat. Yeah. So I thought, what's a natural, what's a natural, natural body? Yeah. And basically said, it's, it's basically no sitting gear. there. Yeah, but mm. in my head, it was like sitting there or standing up on a stage in front of hundreds of people in a small pair of shorts posing. I was like, that doesn't sound, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good fear, to me, it? to be honest. <laughs> but one of the things that was great about it is it got me into this routine. It got me into this invisible sergeant on my shoulder yeah. saying, get up, eat that, do that. Yeah. So it was like a natural thing for me to get into the routine of doing because it felt like military life yeah. just was normal. Um, 12 weeks later, went on stage, came second in the qualifiers and September became British novice bodybuilding wow. champion. Good for you, mate. So I was just like, right, let's, keep, I'm gonna this, do. let's keep this natural yeah. stuff. And yeah. I think one of the biggest things was with the natural bodybuilding shows, you see they've got different categories. Mm. So you've got people in there, you know, you've got the like uh, heavyweights, but then you've got the over 40s, you've got the over 50s. Yeah. And you see these over 50s who've been natural for like 30, 40 yeah. years. They're like granite. Yeah. And it's aspirational. Like yeah. if he can look like that 50 yeah. years of age and jump on stage, mm. why the fuck do I ever need to take gear? Yeah. And it was just like, right, that's it. Now, I can see what is possible now. Amazing. When you say natural bodybuilding, competition how do you know everyone's natural because steroids obviously yeah. if people are taking steroids that can be pushed out your system of x amount of months yeah right? i mean the reality is is that you can't 100 percent be guaranteed you do um with the british finals mm. you have polygraph tests mm. and i don't know how accurate polygraph tests what are is a polygraph test so they, they put you under and ask you questions what so, lied, lied lied is that right yeah yeah <laughs> that's what they do yeah okay yeah so you have to have been i think one, one that i competed in you have to be natural for 10 years yeah. so the finals, you go up to this room, mm. like on the third floor, knock on the door. It's like this guy wires you all up. <laughs> you're sitting down, and I'm just, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I bet. What, what? Like, you go in your head, like, what? Is, like, I know I'm natural, yeah, but, but what, what if? if? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if I fucking fail this? <laughs> so, yeah, pass it, of, of course. But I, I think, as well, one of those things is I don't know the accuracy, yeah. But it's a massive deterrent. If you've actually taken gear, yeah. would you actually go through? Yeah. And and people do fail these polygraphs. Yeah. You know, that the people have been pulled out. But do these. they get shown up after or is it swept under the carpet? No. You've gone for your test, a, then everyone around you who knew you were going to compete actually knew you failed your test. Would, would they know? I, I don't know. I've I've seen that they've I've seen some federations actually say this person, this person, they've made made it vocal mm. as an example. And I think it should be. Mm. Because there are plenty of 
untested events which you can go and do. So mm. it's a bit unfair, really. Um, but that being said, I uh, won my um, professional card in a non-tested event. And I remember going to the world finals in 2014 in Las Vegas, looking at some of these guys next to me, I'm about to jump on stage. Yeah. And it's, I remember sitting this big six foot, five, six foot, yeah. seven South African. I said, how much do you weigh, mate? Yeah. It's like 247 pounds. And I'm on stage at about 181. I'm like, I'm in the wrong fucking yeah. category here. Yeah. Funny enough though, it's not really about weight. When you look at the lineup, mm. You all look around, you all look about the same to be honest. Because yeah. because of the lights, because the, light. of the conditioning and everyone's and, and ripped. Yeah. Yeah. And things like that. But then what I ended up doing there is I moved categories from muscle model to yeah. fitness model because it was more of that fitness physique. Okay. And so when when you're on stage on there and a pair of budgie smugglers, do you do the old elastic band trick around the old boy? Like half an hour before we go on stage? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was it just didn't it didn't cross my mind to be honest. Lighter light test. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't cross my mind. But funny enough, the the pants the the shorts Are the, they budget they're budget smokes, are they shorts? Yeah, the shorts. Well the 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 natural bodybuilding is literally trunks like budgie smugglers. Yeah. Um the federation that moves over is more shorts. Board shorts no, it's it's very okay. tight shorts, yeah, okay. but they've got like a little box, so it does look like you <laughs> does look like you're packing, <laughs> so it's all right. <laughs> Quality. But but yeah, it's uh it, you know, in the, my last show was the European Championships in two thousand and fifteen where I came fourth in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. By then, was that you like, done them? Was it? No, it was just because like, you've got to push. You've got to push your body to limits, right? In terms yeah. of food intake, reducing yeah. calories, sorting your macros, bang on, and trying to train and try to be mentally strong, and trying to be alive and awake for your family at the same time. Because when you deplete, I've been there before on a transformation. Yeah. When you deplete, it's hard graft. But when you get used to it, it becomes a natural thing, right? Yeah, it's it easier. Um, I think. When I look at a lot of the natural bodybuilders, when I look at anyone who excels in something, they're very good at suffering and it's a talent. It's a talent that could be honed and yes. it's a skill. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I'd say, you know, it's a talent which I built over the years, yeah. which needs to be scratched yeah. every now and again. If I spend a couple of years not scratching the itch, yeah. I get a little bit, um, just a little Edgy. bit complacent, yeah. a little bit more too relaxed. Yeah. And, and what happens with that relaxing um, is I, I notice that my confidence goes down a little bit. Yeah. It affects my self-esteem. That get up and go, that, right, let's get some shit done. Yeah. Attitude comes down a bit. Yeah. And I, th I think it's every two years. It was every year, but now every two years, I kind of need to do something to go, right, you yeah. need to be... In need, really good nick, ready for the summer. So well, April, April, May, or, yeah. not, or is that not really for you? You're just all year round? It's funny enough, it's like October, November time, usually. It's after summer, yeah. where actually my body naturally, automatically, want to drink less, want to eat healthier, want to train more. What, in October, November? October, November. Is that right? And I was wondering what this was. And I competed in 2010 in October, November. Yeah. I competed in 2012 in October, November. Okay. 2014 October November yeah. 2015 October November so it's as if okay. I've habitually yeah. trained my body to say it gets to the at the end of summer and we get serious about our training yeah, okay so I that naturally now find it quite easy and I've done I, I've kind of transitioned now of getting that itch from competing yeah. to charity events yeah so 2016 yeah 2016 I did a ch uh, my first uh, endurance charity event did another one in 2017. So what was the what was the first endurance one? So first one I pushed 140 kilo sled for 24 hours. You pushed 140 
kg sled yeah, for 25 hours, non-stop? Non-stop, yeah. Where'd you push that to? Um, it was in my gym. Okay. Uh, it was a 10 meter track, up, okay. and, up and down for 24 hours. My God. <laughs> 24 hours? Yeah, yeah. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. I get it, it's for charity, amazing. Massive yeah, respect. Yeah. £10,000 10, raised for charity. Yeah, that which is amazing. So yeah, yeah. huge that. But what was going through your head back so, and forth for 10 meters for so 24 hours? He, here's, how it's, here's how it happened. Um, I just wanted to a charity event with all my trainers. Yeah. So what we're going to do is two hours on, four hours off and yeah. rotate. Yeah. Um, and then, and for some reason- Everyone pulled out. No, no, everyone was, <laughs> everyone was happy to do this. Oh, well, okay. And I just had, I was thinking about something. I was like, and I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Ross Edgley. Yeah. And Ross has done some God, crazy God, he's events. unbelievable, hasn't he? And um, I was just like thinking, like, what would be more challenging? I was yeah. like, and there was this little voice I said, do it yourself. And then my heart was like, fuck, that's scary. I was like, you know what you need to do that day? And I said to everyone, I'm going to do it myself. And everyone, you fucking what? Yeah. So I'm going to do it myself. Um, and I learned so much from doing that event that there is levels to this mental toughness. There yeah. are things in your head which you don't know that you've got until you put yourself into a position of of that okay and i went through different evolutions of thoughts through that 24 hours yeah, thinking sure. you know there was times where i was like i don't think i can do this yeah. i have massive injury and then all of a sudden i'm off, I'm off again yeah and did some of my fastest laps yeah and then get to the end of the 24 hours and i'm going fuck you know i've done it that's amazing um so that was my first taste of moving from this was it was it mind numbing at times or did you feel free no i was yeah i just felt in control yeah okay it's, it's a it's a really weird feeling because you train up to it so yeah. you know i've done three months well no sorry i did for that i did eight weeks of training for it and um, wish i'd done more so 140 kg what's that 20 stone yeah about that, yeah so it's 20 stone you're pushing yeah for 24 hours on yeah. a sledge yeah yeah Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so What's your next one? Um, <laughs> so the next one, I ran backwards for 24 hours. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So 24 hours, well, I ran 100. Please tell me this was for charity. It's for charity. Yeah, yeah okay, we, okay. we actually raised 24,000 pounds wow. for that. So I ran 109 kilometers backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where from? Um, where? I was actually on a running track in uh, Mountbatten Center in Portsmouth. I rented it out. So you're doing 400 meter? 400 meter. How many, laps, how many laps was that? So Roughly. I did, I, the only thing that I had in my head is do 10 laps. Yep. Um, walk backwards half a lap, turn around, and then do Go run back. ten laps the other side, other way. So that's all I thought about for twenty four hours. And did you have music on your ears? Or you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you had what motivational music, or did you? So I, nice I, had tunes a, or? I had a curated playlist, yeah. which I developed because I I trained for six months running backwards. So I started with an hour. And I was like, what the fuck have you done? What have you just put, what have you got ourselves into? <laughs> who, who, who gave you the idea to run back? Was it you? I don't know. I, I, was it a mate? Were you like beard so, up with your mates in the boozer going like, what can we do really mad? It, it comes back to the army. So it used to get beasts, beasted in yeah. the army. And uh, in Salisbury, for those of you who are listening who have been in Salisbury, there's a place called Heartbreak Hill. Um, and it's a horrible hill that we should make you sprint up. So one of our PTIs thought it would be a funny idea to make all the lads sprint up backwards. Yeah. And I, I I just went up easy. Okay. Uh, I got to the top and most of the lads were only caught the way and I'm up the top like, oh, oh, okay. what's going on there? And yeah. then the PTO's like, how the fuck did you yeah, get up there so okay. fast? And then I realized I've got this little 
magic trick of yeah. being able to run fast oh, backwards. Okay. So with the lads on lads on the piss in the army, I used to bet them a five that I can run faster backwards than they can run forward. And then I'd always beat them. <laughs> so, yeah. Mate, after yeah, this, yeah. we're going to have to have a little run yeah, in the yeah, car yeah. park. I just want to see this backwards <laughs> sprinting. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and it's like from then, and I was like, right, okay, I have to, I've just, you know, I've got to try and... That is some talent, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like a weird, just, like, you just, just blow me there. That's, that's a weird freaking talent, but that is yeah, some yeah. talent. Yeah, weird, weird yeah. talent. But obviously, like, I'm, I'm off the back of the year before pushing a sled for 24 hours. So I was like, I need to take it up a notch what? now. So I was just like, I'll run... I do a marathon backwards. I said, yeah, but you've done 24 hours. That's probably only going to take you like four or five. Yeah. So, okay, I'll do, I don't know, I'll do, and it ended up saying I'm going to do 100 miles in 24 hours. But I end up, you know, saying, okay, no, 100 miles is a bit, a bit insane because of the pace that I've got to hit. So uh, I'll do Did 100- you say that to yourself? This is a bit insane, 100 yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, did, I said, I'll do 100 kilometers because there was a Guinness World Record for 100 kilometers. And I was like, I'll, I'll. Have you got the Guinness World Record? No, I lost out by eight minutes for the Guinness World Record oh, for the backwards run. So we, we gutted. Yeah. Did it make you want to go, I need to do it again? It's one of those things I had to push, but if I did push, I think it was I think it was 100 kilometers in 22 hours and 30 minutes or something like okay. that. And I, was, and I was like, I could push and get it, but I won't be able to make it for the other two hours because I'd be dead. Yeah. Um, and what's this about? And I remember this end of my head, what's the, what are you doing this for? Are yeah. you doing this for glory or are you doing this for the charity? Yeah. And the whole thing is you're going to run backwards for 24 hours. So yeah. Do 24 hours. Um, so yeah, I decided slow down, get the 24 hours done. That's uh, the equivalent of, for example, like saying now, uh, Jay, I'm going to jump in the motor. You run backwards, and I see you in London. Yeah, yeah. And you'll run backwards from here up the motorway all the way to Southwest London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that is mental. But go, come back to it. <laughs> Going back to Driven by Spite, someone yeah. said to me, have you ever run a ma- marathon forward? And I was like, no. They said, so how are you going to run it backwards? And yeah. I remember I was about 100 metres away from running But you did back- two marathons backwards. Yes. Yeah, 70 kilometres is what, 50 miles? Yeah, yeah, I think it's two and a sorry, half. Sorry, no, yeah. Three. Three, three, three sorry. Yeah, because yeah. 100 kilometres is 70 miles, which is yeah. roughly three. So you run three marathons <laughs> <Yeah>. backwards. <laughs> Yeah, mate. <laughs> but so, I, I remember, um, I remember the first marathon on the day, and I said, "Oh, you get the camera around here," because someone, I remember someone said to me, "I can't run a marathon backwards," and I said, "Oh, I don't know who you are, but yeah. you said I couldn't run a marathon. I'm just about to go run my second. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> so oh, driven by, by right again. By spite again. So that was number two. Um, give me, then, give me another one. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> so number three, um, I box jump Mount Everest. So not the actual Mount Everest, but what I calculated You was, box jump. So the, the, what you have in CrossFit, the boxes, yeah, which the are bo- what? Two foot high? Two foot high. Um, two footed box jump and yeah. then straighten your legs. Two footed box jump and back down. Just, just, so jump, whatever, doesn't matter if you straighten your legs or not. <laughs> yeah. Jump so back jumping down. on the box and jumping back down for 24 hours. So what Guinness, this, like, because I'd done all my prep work for how hard it is to submit the Guinness World Record and yeah, get everything okay. right and get the Is it hard to do? Is it Very hard. Okay. Like very. It's it's. They've got so many things which you need to log, record, adjudicators, everything. You can pay. Yeah. Twelve grand. Yeah. To get someone to come for the day and okay. do it all for you. Okay. But then that's twelve grand that Out I don't chari- get to the yeah. charity. Okay. So I was just like, right, yeah. it's going to take longer, but it was. You can get it fast tracked for for a week to submit your stuff for like five hundred quid. Yeah. Or you can wait wait twelve weeks and it's like twenty quid. Yeah. So. What do you do? So we broke it down. I was just like, right. They gave me and said, you've got 24 hours to, to do it. Mount Everest was 20, is 29,000, no, 29,030 feet. 
So I had to jump, do 14,415 box jumps in 24 hours. Okay, so, so this is so 14,000. So 14,000. It's, 600, so it's 660 an hour for 24 hours. So it's 10 God. box jumps a minute, every minute for 24 hours straight. Bloody hell. So, box jumps are freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you did box, if anyone out there now, any, there's a lot of probably strong fit, fit people, but doing box jumps for five minutes yeah. is graft. Yeah, yeah. But you did it for 24 hours? 22 hours and 38 minutes it was. So um, I realised... What, to beat a record, was it? The, or just oh, just to hit the so no height one, of the Everest? So no one has ever been stupid enough to um, do it. So it was a brand new Guinness World Record. So they, um, I submitted it, they accepted it, they gave us the rules and said, you've got 24 hours to do it. And I obviously realised that if I do 10 box jumps a minute every minute for 24 hours, I'm going to finish exactly on 24 hours yeah so what if i get injured what if i have right, okay. a niggle what if i have to have time so i was like i need to go quicker so strategically it was it was really good because i know what i wanted to do i needed to get 660 box jumps in 50 minutes five yeah. zero so i could get a 10 minute break to yeah. change my socks to get a massage and to get mentally reset yeah. for the next hour so that was 13 box jumps a minute for 40 minutes and then 15 box jumps a minute for 10. Okay. And that's 660, 10 minute break, yeah. go again, yeah. go again, go again, 22. What were you eating? High sugar yeah, sweets but not, drinks, high, but not... Sweet not, sweets, yeah, but okay. the, the trouble with that, and this is what I learned from the sled push, is I was eating loads of cake and because yeah. it's high in calories, yeah. but um, yeah, it's not good for your stomach. No, okay. You know, because you need fiber, you need, you know, this, so... You know, having a stomach upset and jumping on a box doesn't work no, really bet, well together. <clears throat> so it got to a stage where you don't, I was really, like, you don't really want the bread while doing no, that, do you? No, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so and and I think it was the hardest one because unlike like the the backwards run is you go at your own pace. Yeah. The the sled push, you know, you've just got to push it for yeah. twenty four hours. There's no you can slow down your speed up. That every minute you've got to hit fifteen. Yeah. Okay. About five. So, okay, yeah, yeah. And that's really, you've got a timer there, big time on a TV, and it's like every minute we go. Out um, of those three, have you done any more? Um, I've done another one. It's not as imp not as impressive, but it was uh, it was carrying an 80 kilo sandbag for 10 miles. Um, and it 80 was a kilo, so it's 80 kilos, so I was carrying a 13 and a half stone person well, on your shoulder. I started training with a person because basically, uh, Help for Heroes. Uh, I think it was Health Heroes came to us and said, we're doing this 10 miles run yeah. for, you know, to raise money. I was like, 10 miles? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll carry a person 10 miles. And they're like, <laughs> okay. So I started training, but it, like, if you've ever carried someone on, on, on a shoulder, yeah. firstly, it's really painful for them. Yeah. Um, because their whole stomach's Stomach dug into it, yeah. your yeah. shoulder. I was like, I can't, you know, doing this for 20, 30 minutes with someone, they're, they're dying. Yeah. So I end up doing it with a... Um, yeah, sandbag. I remember I turned up to a park run for a little bit of training, like a little 5K. And uh, I was at the back of this. I ended up, I put 90 kilos in it at first. And I was glad I did the park run because I was just like, oh, it's 90 kilos, quite fucking heavy, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. And it took me, what was it, two 5K? It took me like an hour and a half or something. Yeah. And I remember this lady come up to me and thanked me because she's been doing park run for six months and she's always come last. So thank you. That's what she's <laughs> second to last. <laughs> Just like good for the community, <laughs> Jay. <Exactly. laughs> so yeah, I've just always like I, I like being in the thick of it where your head's panicking and okay. what you're doing and your heart rate goes up. What in just, a, 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 you like being in the thick of it pre-event? Going, you know what? I'm really testing no, myself. Or actually, during, during it, it, during it, okay. you know, like when you think 
everything in your brain is going, just what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Just stop doing this. Yeah. And there's this thing like, and, and it's your head basically that's trying to protect you. You know, your heart rate goes up. Everything says for you to stop because yeah. it, it thinks you're going to get injured or hurt. And most of the time you are, it's less thing. But yeah. then you, you get kind of addicted and learn to tell that to shut the fuck yeah. up. And that's, yeah. to me, that's what discipline is about. And I always said this quote, that motivation is doing things when you feel like doing yeah. it and discipline is doing things regardless of how you feel. Yeah. So if you can get over this thought of, I'll call it like first, first kind of first brain thinking and second brain thinking. Yeah. The first brain there is is the person that says, don't go to the gym, yeah. don't get up early, don't stretch. It's that little yeah. man on your shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and the second yeah. man is a discipline that says, shut the fuck up, we're going to do it on. anyway. Yeah. And it's getting used to that feeling after you've done something yeah. rather than that feeling before. Yeah. And if you can really master that and do hard things, yeah. you have an easy life. Because yeah. for me, it's a perspective. I get less anxiety. And that's why I say as it starts to creep up. Because I remember this quote, and it's, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war. And the whole analogy of that is, you know, a, a warrior in a garden yeah. lives a calm life. Because yeah. if shit hits the yeah, fan, he's a fucking warrior yeah, and he right. can go for it. Yeah. But if a gardener gets sent to war, yeah. he's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love that because every kind of couple of years, I feel like I need to get back my warrior status yeah. so I can go back to my garden. Yeah. And that enables me I like to feel it. a lot more peaceful. Yeah, mate, I like it. Tell me what you, what magazines did you get on the front cover for? Muscle and Fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Which was massive yeah. back in the day. Is it still big today? God knows. Like... Back in the day, that was the, that was <laughs> that the daddy, was, wasn't it? The, as a fitness model, that was the, that was the goal. Yeah. That was the bucket list. Um, wow. To be a, a real fitness model in the UK, you need to get the front cover. What year that. was that? It was 2019. And I had two options. Well, I almost got it in 2012. And then I ended up getting it in 2019. And I, and I remember writing a post on this. And I was like, I'm glad I got it in 2019 and 2012. Because I'd rather people follow the 2019 Jamie. Okay. In the 2012. And what's the difference between the two? Just calm down a little. I know it doesn't sound like yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, properly okay. calm down here, Joe. No, I think I think um I, I think more mate, mature. Yeah, more mature. Yeah. like literally calmer than you know, not not as like the egos dissolved yeah. a hell of a lot. I don't feel the need to prove myself yeah. to others other than myself. Yeah. Um and it's just contentment mm. contentment with not needing to seek the next thing yeah. you know what's the next thing what's the next yeah, thing what's the next thing because that's what caused me massive burnout in 2016 it's yeah. like i need to tick the boxes i yeah. need to get stuff done this is how this is how success happens and it's like no, no just you know you've already successful and a lot of the time it's this kind of horizon thinking that people have they keep running towards this horizon thinking it's going to get smaller yeah. but they don't take any time to turn around and look back and say look look at what you've done Agreed. look at all these things you've got and it's just that this kind of gratitude of going now with me, I said, I've, I've got everything that I ever wanted and yeah. anything else is a bonus. It's a bonus, yeah, I agree. And just having that thinking, I get even more. Yeah. Which is great because it comes to you. Absolutely. And I'm not into all this manifesting and mm. karma and all of this kind mm. of stuff, but it's true. You do good things for good people thing. and, agree. and don't expect anything in return yeah. and genuinely want to help people and things come back to you. I agree. I agree, you raise your energy to a whole new level. hundred percent, yeah. A whole new level. And we've noticed that in lockdown, we've raised our energy to a whole new level. Everything's coming in. Mm. You know, in the quantum field, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, Unbelievable. I, and I've always been like that. And I think that's been one of the biggest changes to, to a lot of my content this year. You know, this year has been the biggest growth in content, you know, almost half a million followers more and my, my audience. I've seen. So, so I've seen you really embrace 
TikTok, yeah, yeah. which is wonderful. And you're massive on, I think you've got a million on that and a million on that and a million on something else. You've really embraced it. What made you go, right, TikTok is for me. Forget what everyone's saying, it's just for kids dancing. Actually, I want to make it my own. So I think one of the biggest things, I was messing about with it in 2019. And I just started to see that one of the things about TikTok, which people don't understand, is that when you first go on, the algorithm doesn't know you. Yeah. So the first time you go on it, you go, what the fuck's this? Yeah. So you scroll in. As you let the algorithm know you're not interested in certain things, you find your thing. Yeah. You find your people. You find what's out there. But also, some people were saying, jump on trends. Oh, jump on trends. It's kind of a hack. And it is in a way. But I was just like, like create your own trend. Create yeah. your own thing. And when I started doing my own stuff and, you know, I'd written two books on mindset and everything else like that. A lot of the stuff I was talking about, I'd spoken about for, for the last five years. Yeah. Now get it on there. And then I put it on there. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. you should write a book. Yeah. You know, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Done a couple, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, this is amazing. I've got five years worth of content yeah. that, that literally can be now yeah. re-recorded, redone, yeah. that I know a lot about, that I'm getting 16, 17, 18 year old um, kids reaching out going your your videos are really helping with my mental health Brilliant. and then it's kind of this going from my instagram audience which is kind of 30 plus to now a brand new audience that probably needs my content more than than ever right now yeah so it's just given me this new sense of purpose of yeah. going these you know these kids i wish i had something like a like mentor this. like that yeah, yeah i agree and i was just like fucking hell i've got a new purpose yeah for my stuff and it just gives me that new energy to go i need to turn up every day and put something good out into yeah the world. that's quality i've seen mm. it it's fantastic well done mate Thank really you. well done on that. that on you when you're on when you are on tiktok and we're talking off air before and you see these young kids looking at you obviously in great nick not not you know you're 35 36 yeah. do they do you think that they think you're really old <laughs> I remember some like so one of the one of the weirdest things this year is that I, I've had about a couple of hundred thousand followers for the last ten years. Yeah, on across on, different... on Facebook, <clears throat> yeah, um, and Instagram, yeah. And what are they up to now? Um, Facebook's like two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Instagram's like three hundred and two hundred seventy-five. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I've been really well known in a very small niche. So yeah. if you've been to the gym, into your bodybuilding or fitness, you might know my name. Yeah. So. You know, if I get me in London and someone's walking out of third space, I'm like, oh, Jay Wilson. Yeah, okay, yeah. But that's it. Yeah. This year, it's just gone bonkers yeah. where I'm walking down, like I was down in North Devon and someone's like, oh, you're yeah. that old guy on TikTok. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'll take that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but also other guys, you know, guys and families and people. Yeah, yeah we, we got to our hotel and then reception knocked on our door and said, oh, um, someone saw that you were here and they've got a 20 pound voucher for you to put behind the bar. And I was just like, this is fucking yeah, mental. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's just gone a lot more mainstream. And, yeah. and that's, for me, is really good because the message I want to put out there is not just for people who go to the gym, yeah. who are into the fitness, it's for everybody. Mm. What sort of messages are you giving? What sort of, what, what is your brand, would you say? I, I think a simple message is, the mission this year is to leave people better when they find me. That's it. Okay. So if I'm putting something out there that I don't believe is going to make someone better, yeah. healthier, happier, fitter, or stronger in any way from listening or, or watching it, then I don't put it out. Yeah. And that's just enabled me to really check my content yeah. and going, am I in a good place physically, mentally, emotionally, financially? Because I need to be to be able to do this. So I need to look after myself. I need to prioritize my family. Yeah. I take a lot more rest time now. Yeah. So when I'm there, I'm turning up at my best. Yeah. And because of that, I'm able to produce the content I am and mm. put the good stuff out there. And I think a lot of people who, and you know, I've made this mistake in the past with content, 
you know, because being on social media for the last 10 years, when you're in a bad mood, you produce shitty content yeah. because you're angry with the world. Yeah. So you, you end up putting that out into your content. So you're not putting good out into the world. And sometimes the worst thing about putting shit out into the world is that there's a lot of shitty people who love it. Yeah. So you get an echo chamber of putting out content that doesn't help people. Mm. And I've seen so many people now that get addicted to calling out people, yeah. putting out shit content, yeah. blaming other people, arguing with other people. And other people who are not in a good place love it because it makes them feel good yeah. for a very small period of time. So they do more of it. Yeah, okay. And they wonder why their mental health is affected. Yeah. Like, why do I hate social media? It's like, because you're toxic. Yeah. You're putting shit out into the world. You will not, you will never hate social media if you just put good shit out there. Good stuff out. Do you ever, have you ever come across trolls in your world? All the time. Really? All the time, yeah. For, give me an example. So back in the day, I used to have this big video called My Six Month Transformation on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it, funny enough. Back in the day was what? Back what in year? 2012, 2013. So, okay. No, 2014 this was. So you were 10 years young, eight years younger. Yeah. And it had crazy amounts of views. It had yeah. like eight, nine million views wow. on, on, on YouTube. But I didn't realize why it got eight, nine million views because it came just after a video. It was, it was a suggested video after this guy said my six month steroid transformation, yeah. which got like 20 million views. Yeah. But then up next was my six month, okay. you know, normal transformation. Clean one, yeah. And it was just like, oh, juice said, juice said. Blah, oh, blah, okay. blah. And I was like, loved it because it was like every single comment, every single view. I, I think I got paid with YouTube with the ad yeah. revenue, 300 pound a month mm. for like four years. Is that right? So actually the trolls, that was great. Okay. It was like, Fantastic. But these days... But deep down, though, you're, you're a tough character. You're tough-minded. I yeah, can see that. I you're do. mentally tough. But deep down, being new to social media back in 2012 and whatever, there must have been a part of you going, you little fucker, where are you? Who's, who's writing yeah, that? You, and you go and hunt them, have a little look who they are. Did that, you, go, did that happen? You do, but after a while, and that's why I say, those who shout hate need help. Yeah. And, and that's it. You know, if you're in a good place... As I said, physically, mentally, emotionally, and yeah. financially, you give zero fucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, you haven't got time to look what other people are doing because you actually, you're fulfilled and yeah. you want to help other people. And I remember a specific one, it was a few months back, and I was just saying a, a quote. I was like, you can't change the past, but you can ruin the present by worrying about the future. So mm. just focus on the now. Yeah, yeah. And some guy wrote this massive long message and says, I don't get why, the, why you're an ex-PT who now shills one pound quotes on your Instagram thinking that you're some kind of sage or something. Yeah. And I was just like, it ruined me. Yeah. And my response is, I hope you're okay, mate. Yeah, that's fine. You know, and, and he messaged me and he said, I'm really sorry for that. He goes, I just found out my mum's got cancer. And he said, so, and I, and I was just like, fuck. Because yeah. think about this. Some guy on the internet says you can't change the past, but you can worry about you know you yeah. can, by worrying about he's worrying about the future. Yeah, so that's triggered him. So yeah, was any of that to do with me? Mm. Zero. Zero. Yeah. And that's the thing now of doing this for so long. If I get anyone come at me, it's like there's something there yeah. that they haven't expressed. They've expressed themselves, but yeah. we haven't got to the bottom of it. Yeah. And sometimes you never get down to the bottom of it. But that was a case of just reaching out and saying, look, I'm so sorry to hear that. Man. Yeah. And he apologized. Mm. Um, and he didn't need to apologize because he's going through his own thing. Yeah. But I think for me, that's what the ability... Well, I think your answer was perfect, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Null it down because you could have had a tear up on, online. Well, it's it's not getting that. anywhere. And I had a viral video on TikTok um, and it was interesting to see the comments. And I said, you've got... like One of the biggest things that I've learned in life is that you've got to not take anything personally. Yeah. And people 
disagreed because they were like, yeah, but you know, if people are rude, then, you know, I have a responsibility to be rude back to let them know. And I was like, you don't, because mm. why do you have the, why do you have the feeling to reciprocate negativity yeah. if you're in a good place? Yeah. Because if you're in a bad mood, the best way to get out of a bad mood is make other people feel good. Yep. But when we're in a bad mood, we want to bring people down to make us feel shitty, yeah. them feel shitty them. so they know how we feel. Mm. So everything that I found in life is very counterintuitive. Mm. The things that you don't want to do are things that you really need to do. Yeah. The things that you feel like doing right now are usually the opposite. Mm. You know, I speak to a lot of people who are you know, suffering from anxiety, depression and everything else. And obviously the first thing I say is go and see a professional because yeah. you know there are... Um, medical conditions and anxiety and depression and medical conditions mm -hmm. where if you just you know get your steps in and that it's not yeah. going to fix it but there are other people who literally when they have anxiety when they have depression they do the opposite of what they need to do yeah you know they they stay inside they don't exercise they eat shit yeah. and that get that spirals down deeper and deeper yeah. so you've got to have a pattern disrupt and go right things that i'm feeling i've got to do the opposite yeah. and it comes back to another quote that i say is that you've, you've got to not allow your feelings to affect your future when i'm feeling deep anxiety and i allow that to affect my future negatively mm. i'm going to always act that way yeah. when i'm getting anxiety yeah. instead of really understanding what the feeling is mm. and then trying to think of doing something positive where i get a win out of feeling like that yeah. because i will always respond when i feel like that yeah and things like anxiety, people don't understand what that feeling mm. is. What is the feeling of anxiety? So I'll give you the feeling yeah. of anxiety. Have you ever played? You ever played Streets of Rage, or you ever played any game like any um, snakes? <laughs> okay, so Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, got yeah. Okay, okay, Super okay. Mario Brothers. Okay, did it, so, did it, did it, then that one. Okay, you, you. This is like thirty years ago. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're on Super Mario Brothers. You got one life left. Yeah. And you're on the final boss. Yeah. The music changes. It's like, duh, duh, but you don't see the boss yet. Yeah. That's anxiety. Okay. So you've got. Two, so you're like kind of waiting for. You're waiting something. for it to come to the side of the screen. But you can't. You can't see it yet because you've got to move across the screen. Oh, it's like bit. Jaws. Or like Jaws. swimming on the top because Jaws, Jaws is a perfect anxiety. Yeah. You're swimming in the water, you hear the sound, yeah. but you don't see anything. That's anxiety. Yeah, and it's understanding that feeling. You're anticipating something that's not yet happened. Yeah, that's anxiety. It's oh, like, okay. Well, oh, I, I, yeah, okay. So it's like, what am I anticipating? I did. <laughs> I did a scuba dive in Australia, and they said do a night dive. And I was I was scuba diving with sharks in the in the oh, in the daytime. Yeah. They went do a night dive. The boys, I was like, fuck off, lads, and they leave it out anyway being a ballsy young 20 year old on rugby tour in australia i agreed to it and that, i had anxiety that day then if that's the case because i was swimming underwater with my buddy there who's done 300 dives i just passed my paddy in brighton like you, you, you can't see, <laughs> you can't see so, further than your nose so, so you've been well you've been well trained, well trained yeah, exactly. <laughs> so i was underwater about 20 minutes down all i could hear in my mind was dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. That feeling, and you that's know, it, yeah. and that's anxiety. Okay. And, and what is it? It's anticipating something that's yet to happen. That, yeah, that might not ever happen. Might not ever happen yeah. as well. So it's getting down to that root cause of it. And normally, when you get anxiety, you become very short of breath. Your heart rate goes up. You overthink things. So there are processes which you can deal with. Yeah. If you're overthinking, it's probably because you're in your head and it's not down on a piece of paper. So a brain dump can really help journaling going right why yeah. am i feeling this because you know i've got this important date coming up i've got this meeting i've got yeah. this i've got too much on my plate um once it's written down it's out of your head it's perfect yeah. isn't it because yeah. then you can come up with a strategy to deal yeah. with it 
and that getting your must, heart rate down as well. That then must help you then, because if you're producing content again, putting it out, you're like, well, that's off my plate, and I'm mm. giving good content for people, and hopefully making people happier. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what yeah. do you what do you do for a pound note? How do you earn money? So I help personal trainers scale and grow their business online. So one one I had I basically two businesses where I used to run fat loss challenges. Yeah. I used to be an online PT. We had about six hundred clients. And then I had about 300 clients um, that are PTs, helping them with their social media, with their business, marketing, sales funnels, um, strategies. And when 2020 hit, all the gyms closed and the PTs are like, I've lost my business overnight. So suddenly, who's the person that understands online training, the person who's been doing it for the last 10 years? So that business really took off and I had to make a real decision to... You know, I couldn't juggle the two businesses because we've only got a small team and I need to focus on one. So I dropped a lot of uh, kind of the B2C, the fat loss and the personal trainer and focused on the B2B with the PTs. So that's my full-time job now. I run okay. a uh, business called Trainer Mind, where we coach uh, PTs and help them grow their online business through so- social media, emails, marketing and strategy. Okay. So you're the you're the daddy that people go to essentially yeah. and say, right, come to me, I'll charge you. How much do you charge a PT roughly? So <clears throat> we're we're pretty well priced, about two thousand pounds for a year. Um, oh, that's good. Membership. Yeah. That's good. And they'll give you'll give them all the advice they need. Yeah, they get there's all, a booklet and there's Yeah, they get all the videos, they get weekly meetings, they get on, uh, on Zoom weekly meetings, yeah, group, in group or one to one? Group. Okay. I, I only do group um group meetings, they get account they've got all the accountability, we check they're doing stuff. We have uh, quarterly battle plans so they can map out their goals for the business. We have meetups every quarter as well. Um, and it's very much community group based of getting you know, coaches together. Because yeah. one of the things about PTs, which I found being a PT, is that they don't talk to each other. Yeah. You know, And I found this actually when, when I was competing. You have these competitors in a room that have been dieting hard for 12 weeks. No, and they're all, no one's yeah. chatting to each other. They're yeah. all sitting there tanning up eating rice cakes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going up to people going... Like, mate, how's it going? Like, yeah. what, how's your prep been and yeah. stuff? And everyone's like, why are you talking to me? Yeah. And it's the same with PTs. It's yeah. like they see... Competi- they, competition, don't they? Competition. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I, I say to people, look, you think you're in competition, people. Mm. There's 26,000 qualified PTs in the UK. Mm. Of that 26,000, probably 3,000 are active on social media. Is that all? But probably. Wow. You know, some of them Roughly will be Roughly 10%? Consistently. Okay. I, I mean... Consistently. Okay, yeah. Like prob- there's yeah. 3,000 that are posting every day yeah, on social okay. media. Okay. Um, and, and building a following. Yeah. So of that online, there is 46 million people, 26 and above yeah. in the UK yeah. on... Well, what was it? No, 26... Sorry, yeah. 26 million yeah. over th- over 26s yeah. in the UK on Instagram. Okay. How so? If we were to split the people down, yeah. the people that we can help, yeah, you've got an unlimited pool. Great stats, yeah, mm. and it's it's ridiculous. Mm. It's the fact that you're never in competition with anyone, yeah. and success isn't a bucket that if you take it, there's not much left. It's enough for it's everyone. Flow, it's enough for everyone. Yeah. It's once again goes back to that kind of scarcity abundance mindset. Mm. You'll actually do better helping each other, mm. actually figuring it out. Because yeah. if you become friends with people, you'll, you'll have a client come in. Yeah. And you're not the right fit, so you can pass them on pass to him, him and vice versa. Yeah. It's like, cool, the best person gets to go to the best person yeah. if you know what you like and dislike. Yeah. Because different personal trainers, they're finding their niche. Mm. I have PTs who work with mums. I have PTs who work with executives. Mm. I have PTs who work you know, with people who have um, their own you know, their own ailments and conditions yeah. that they've managed to overcome. So 
there's there's a PT for everybody. Do you find that your business has blown up thanks to the pandemic? Yeah, I, I would say so. Like the first, like 2020, yes, I, a lot of PTs are going back to the gym now. And, you know, this year has been a massive kind of B to C growth. So, you know, so I'm working- Business to customer. Yeah, business, customer or client. Yeah. So I, I haven't got anything to sell yeah. anyone other than my content, which is free. Yeah. So we, we're thinking about that because for me, when I say with PTs as well, it's like, it's cool. Um, but people don't pay for information, they pay for implementation. Yeah. And as much as I'm putting that content out there yeah. and it's affecting people's lives, I wanna make sure that I'm actually changing lives. Yeah. One of my specialities is taking people through fat loss challenges and, and transforming people's physiques and, and, and heads. You know, My business is body, brain and business. So yeah, okay. I've kind of, this last year, missed the body and brain yeah. element of it. So we've just been thinking about what we're gonna do next year mm. to hold more people accountable and, and create potentially a new business mm. with that B2C business to uh, client or customer that we can start yeah. to really transform some people. How many full-time staff do you have? Um, so one, two, three full-time yeah. and four, four kind of contractors. contractors. Yeah. And that's, is that a good number for you? Yeah, I mean, we, a lot of what we do with our marketing is very campaign Facebook ads based. So we have a very concentrated effort. We do a lot of masterclasses, workshops, challenges. So we're very much not open our doors all the time. Yeah. So when it's there, it's down, it's focused. And then clients come in, doors close, and we focus on serving them. Yeah. And that works really well for a small team because I haven't got to have a big sales team. Yeah. I haven't got to you know, employ a lot of employees because yeah. we're very much like we do like five five big launches a year yeah. and it's just all hands on deck when we do that mm. good for you what's the what's, what are your thoughts on these big influencers out there with millions of followers getting on board crap brands crap products selling to people who haven't got a clue i think as a it, i'm put inverted commas influencer because it makes me throw up a bit in my mouth mm. um I think a lot of people get into this not doing it for a business and yeah. a lot of creators aren't business minded. Yeah. They're content minded, they're creative. So they get to a stage where they're like, I need to monetize this. And yeah. they, and I think it's just poor management. Yeah. You know, they think they, they see, they see the money and they're like, just Oh, cool. It. That's right. Yeah. And I remember I was on stage last week and a good friend of mine, Al Barrett, who owns grenade, he yeah. said, integrity is expensive. Mm. And I remember like that. that. And he said, integrity will cost you a lot of money yeah. because you have to turn down things that, yeah. that will take it from you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that when you're younger, you don't realize that that's the thing that you're yeah. gambling with. When yeah. you have an audience of over a million followers, mm. you have a responsibility to them to put things in front of them yeah. that are going to have positive impacts on your life. Yeah. And the amount of things that I've been asked to yeah, I'm sure. market and sell, I'm like, well, firstly, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Secondly, I've never come across your product. Thirdly, if we, you are going to do this, you're going to send me the product for free and I'm going to use it for three to four months Test to it. actually see yeah. if it's any good before I put it towards my audience. Yeah. And most companies don't want that. Yeah, but that's a nice that's a nice place to be. Yeah, James is, Smith yeah. is exactly the same. Yeah, doesn't take anyone on board. Yeah, don't do any posts for anyone. No. And what was the International Fitness Summit like? Was a good friend of mine, obviously, yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke Betts and James Smith and Dylan. You went yeah. to that, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I spoke on the stage. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the, the biggest things that expos have is there's a real big separation from the people who are talking and the people who are listening. And one of the things that you find is when you're abroad in the same location, you get to really 
meet these people. Yeah, nice. Get to really and where were you? Them. Lisbon and Portugal. Lisbon and Portugal, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was incredible because it wasn't just a day thing. It was the day doing the talks, chatting to people, and then going for a few drinks mm. over night time. Finishing up at what time? <laughs> I was saying this before we came in. Like three nights in a row, it was like 2 a.m. finish. Yeah. And I'm a person, I go to bed at nine. Yeah. I'm in like bed at nine, read, sleep by 9.30, up at 4.30. Yeah. That's my routine. Yeah. So to go to bed at two and get up at like seven, just three days through, in a row. Through, yeah. Just killed me. With a load of beers down. With a load of beers, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, as much as I enjoyed it, yeah, three days. What to advice could you give to people um, with phone addiction? So one of the things that I did is every Thursday I'll have a phone swap Thursday and I've got my phone on me today, but very much a lot of scheduled posts. And I normally, what I do on my Thursday is I swap it. Um, I leave it at home. I go to a spa with a paper book, a notepad and pen. Lovely. And I, that is my day where I, my, I'm in my thoughts. Yeah. And it's just giving yourself the ability to think outside of the influence of your phone. Yeah. And it, this cannot be a subconscious thing. It needs to be a conscious thing. Yeah. Every single person that is addicted to their phone. Every, every single person getting these dopamine hits. And you got you do have to check yourself before you wreck yeah. yourself because you've got to be aware of it. You have to be aware, it, don't you? You have to disassociate yeah. yourself to look in and go, how much are you picking up your phone all the time and flicking and looking? and yeah. yeah, and you can get apps which will, at the end of the day, will tell you a summary of how many times you picked up your phone and that. And, and it's crazy. It's scary, it, is, it? it is really, really crazy. And it's almost easy, to, being in my job, to say, oh, well, I need to be on my phone. It's like, you don't. You need to post the content. You need to interact with your community. That takes an hour a day, yeah. max. Anything more than that, then... What you what you on there for? Yeah, yeah. And what about phones before bed? So I've got a real strict routine. So eight pm, no social media after eight pm. Phone stays downstairs. I do for the last two years. I haven't had a phone upstairs in bed because um, I found myself once again get up at two o'clock in the morning, flicking and looking. quickly have yeah. a look, see how my the content is, yeah. and then suddenly see something, and then I'm up. Yeah. So. I have it downstairs. I've got one of those um, body clock alarms that naturally light as you wake up. Um, and the best thing I ever did. Yeah, amazing. The best way, like I talk about morning and evening routines. I believe an evening routine is more important than a morning yeah. routine because the evening sets up your morning. And no one talks about evening no routines. No one talks about evening Agreed. routines whatsoever. Agreed. And for me, it's winding down your head, which means come off social media. Yeah. I like to watch some mindless shit on Netflix with yeah. the wife for an hour. Yeah. Um, and then upstairs, read a paper book at nine o'clock, and I cannot cannot get through a chapter of a paper book. Yeah, can I fall asleep after a page? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Is lovely. And some people will read on their phone, which you're stimulated, yeah. you get notifications and stuff yeah. like that. It's like no, read a paper book. Yeah, uh, try and try and challenge yourself to mm. read a chapter. Mm. And when you get in a routine like me, where I'm up really early, mm. I'm going to bed early. I read less than a chapter and I'm out. Yeah. What are your thoughts about steroids in the UK? Because it's rife in the UK and lots of young kids are taking steroids without any inf proper information. I, I, I think one of the biggest problems with like the younger guys is just this want and need to be something. Yeah. And if it's not for their brain, it's for their body. Yeah. And I can, I can really understand that because going to the gym at 13, wanting to look yeah. a certain way, you think, well, you know, like I said, I left the army. I was like, oh, I need to get back on it. And yeah. I very much thank that gym owner to say, before Stop. you do, because yeah. he could have easily gone, yeah, yeah here you go, let's it, yeah. go. Yeah. So I'll, I'll always thank him for that. Mm. But, you know, I, I'm talking for someone who has never taken anything, yeah. is that you can achieve great things with your physique without the need for it. Yeah. And what, actually what you find is that 
most of the best bodybuilders in the world, like Kai Green, um, there's many other um, bodybuilders. Frank Zane. Frank Zane. Back in the day. Kai, Kai Green yeah. um, won, became a natural world champion yeah. before it was like, right, cool, I've won everything. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. And then went on to compete. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in their teens and that, their body hasn't fully developed yeah. yet. And then it's one of the things that, that I see a lot now is that a lot of people are documenting their steroid progress and then people say, oh, you're so honest and that. And like, you, you're also really impressionable to other people yeah. in the content that you're producing. It's not cool, is it, for other people? Yeah. No, because <clears throat> they're, they're being honest with, that, with things that they're saying, like, I now need to be on things for the rest of my life yeah. because I've done this. I'm like, well, is that a life that you want to live? Yeah. Really? Yeah. For, for what? Yeah. And, and I think it's just so important to understand that you know, you need to get in your own habits and routines. You need to understand that you don't need to do that to mm. be a, a successful person. Mm. Someone asked me, like, what would you tell your 25-year-old self? Um, and I said three things. One, buy Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> number two, um, you're loved. Mm. And number three, you're good enough. Yeah. And it's that you're good enough. It's that good enough the key, isn't it? It's so... It, because that, we are in yeah. that world of wanting bigger, more, more, more. But you hit an age. I've hit an age where you've gone... I'm happy, like every, everything around you happy. As long as I've got nice yeah. food on the table, good friends, having wicked conversations like this, that's yeah. good enough for me. But also I think yeah. you need to have excelled in certain things yeah. to be able to say yeah. to yourself, you're good enough. Yeah. Had I not competed at a very high level, um, you know, jumped on the world stage, had yeah. I not done these charity events, had yeah. I not written books, had I not, you know, built up a social media following, yeah. it's, it's these things that have enabled me to say you're good enough. Yeah. So pandemic's been that for me yeah to actually stop and look back on what you've achieved over the last 30 years with festivals and events and pocket that that's made you go whoa okay well you're, you're good yeah. enough yeah you know, otherwise you're constantly yeah, looking yeah. for the next big thing next big thing next big you know yeah and I, I think it was uh i keep saying this quote and, and i don't tend to quote tony robbins too much but he said success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure success without fulfillment is, is the, the ultimate, yeah yeah and i see so many people who are chasing something i'm like like they're like i I've got friends who are, I call them, call them miserable millionaires. I'm like, that you are chasing as if, like, you're like I was at 26 yeah. and you've got more things than I could ever hope yeah. for. And, and they're not happy. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. like, just calm the fuck down. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I've got I, friends who have got the cars, the houses, they work up in the city working for an oil company. It's piss boring. But they've got a load of money, but they don't want to do with it. They're not happy or fulfilled. Yeah. Mad, I, I just it? think it's bonkers. Yeah. It's bonkers. I, I really think it's bonkers because. Mm. There's me sitting, you know, I'm in Bognor Regis. Mm. My, my idea of the perfect day is going for a walk, going yeah. for a dip in the sea that I do Same. every morning, yeah. going to the gym, do a bit of stretching, spend time with the kids, yeah. um, go live, do some video, do yeah. some content, chat to some interesting people. Nice food. Yeah, yeah that's mate. it. Done. Yeah. That, I can do that seven days a week till I die. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But we can do that, but we've also 100%. achieved a lot prior to that. 100%. Yeah. So find that thing yeah. that you want to do. Yeah. Okay, then that's not steroids. Yeah. That is pushing us. Like I always say, like if you want to find whether you're good enough, you need to pick something and yeah. get fucking good at it. Yeah, and be obsessed and get yeah. really, really good at it. Yeah. And I, if I think back to the things that I got really, really good at, I was like, my first employee in 2015 was a videographer. Yeah, because I knew how important and how much I stuttered on video. Yeah. I was like, uh, uh, ums yeah. and ahs and stutters, and I was like, right. My first employee was a videographer. He'd knock on my door at nine mm. o'clock in the morning, full-time employed. I could barely afford to pay him, yeah. which meant I, I best use him. Yeah. So I started vlogs, I started more videos, I started more content. Yeah. Suddenly, 
yeah. because I made an investment to say I need yeah. to, I need to get good at this. You're way, you're way ahead of the game, by the way, in the yeah. UK. Yeah, but I'm looking in. You've gone there 2015 to grab that as your first employee. Video, video wasn't even really a big thing no. back then. No. On socials, maybe. No, it didn't live stream didn't happen until 2016. Yeah, which is crazy. And how long is it? Do you reckon it's taken you from that 2015 to really pop? This year, amazing. So you've this given year. it. You've given it a good six year push. Ten, I was. Uh, I said it's taken me ten. It took me ten years to get 100,000 followers. Yeah. And it took me six months to get 500,000. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, so. On different platforms. Yeah, it, yeah. Come, it comes to that thing it, that people say it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. And I always say this to people, uh, like a lot of people say to me, oh, I'm trying, I've been trying on social media, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So how long you how long have you been doing it for? Like six months? I'm like, oh, I started in 2012. Yeah. And I say, imagine that you're bamboo. And they're what are you on about? <laughs> What's bamboo? And I said, look, if you plant a bamboo seed and water it mm. for a, a year, nothing mm. happens. Mm. Water it for two years, fuck all. Mm. Water it for three years, it sprouts out the ground a little bit. And certain species of, gra- uh, of bamboo can grow 90 feet in six weeks. Yeah. And it wasn't because it wasn't growing in that three years. It was just creating a solid foundation yeah. for his exponential growth. Yeah. If I gave you a million followers now, mm. they would all unfollow you. Yeah. Because you your content is shit yeah. at the moment because yeah. you're new. And you haven't found why people follow you. Yeah. Very much as to say, like, if I gave you a million pounds this right now... Mm you'd spend it all. Mm. If I gave you the body of your dreams, mm. you'd be back to the way that you were because yeah. you didn't know how you got it. You yeah. don't know how to maintain it. Mm. And these are the two things that you learn from achieving something. Mm. So be patient. Agree. 10 years. Agree. It's hard to be patient sometimes in your early 20s. But this is why you need, to, yeah, yeah. 100, I think as well, it's just this fear. And I, I speak to a lot of 20 year olds, they're like, I'm going to get to 30. I'm like, you're <laughs> still a kid yeah yeah, yeah. as if like 30 is the time where you yeah. like that's it game over yeah. and it's like I've, I'm getting to like 40 yeah. like in a few years time just and I'm getting excited, excited yeah. 40 yeah. to 50 and yeah. I'm chatting to my wife about what we're going to do 50 to 60 yeah. I'm like fucking that kids can be grown up yeah. we're going to have a lot more you know disposable income to yeah. do a lot more travelling to, to spend a lot mm. more time going deeper on mm. things you know, my idea of being in my fifties is just sitting down, you know, writing a little bit, chatting yeah. a little bit, having a little like blog or in in my little virtual reality headset yeah. or whatever yeah. we have <laughs> there now. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And the older I get, the more I appreciate age. Yeah. yeah. And and I think a person in the twenties, they're never gonna experience that till they get older. That's so right. I'm just like, and they say, oh, everyone tells me to be patient. I'm yeah. like, when you get to my age, that you'll be saying you'll be saying exactly the same. Jay, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, mate. I enjoyed it too. Really good, really deep. And um, I think the way you've grown your business from coming out of the army to setting up from 2012 to 2015 and coming up with video to then popping now and all the challenges you've done is all set set a great infrastructure for your future, isn't it? Yeah, and it I'm, really looking, has. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I would say to people, look, I'm not afraid to take risks now because I've developed skills that yeah. if I start again, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and that allows me to calm down yeah. a lot more. And I think a lot of people are worried that, and a lot of people I speak to, they're worried that if everything, that they they keep pushing because they're afraid that somebody's going to take it all from them. Yeah. But they haven't stopped to consider if they have that they'd be okay because mm. they've got they've got where they are today because they're a different breed of yeah, person. Absolutely, Jay. Where can people find you? Uh, easiest place um, if you are. Um, young and hip is TikTok <laughs> uh, at Jay Alderton or Instagram at Jay Alderton lovely and the books name your books uh, books Mindset of Muscle so if you just search on Amazon Mindset Muscle Jamie Alderton and Meltdown by Jamie Alderton lovely 
Jay, thoroughly enjoyed this, mate. Thanks for coming on. Roger, thank you very much. Good man. Cheers, mate. Thank you.